Hello, handsome. Hello, beautiful. I didn't know what we were doing, but that's good. Okay. Do you remember? I'm going to date myself a little bit. Do you remember there used to be the show, uh, my girlfriend and I, when we were real little, we would watch together, and it was, I don't even remember what show it was. You were in the jungle, so she, you wouldn't remember this, but it was like a yes. cartoon, and it was like these two twin, I think they were girls. In my mind, they were girls, and they would go like this, and they would say, wonder, power, activate, form of, and then they would pick whatever form of, you know. If we do it in the name Super of God with the Holy Spirit, I like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was pretend. It was fun when I was little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we've got a fun topic today. Yeah, so introduce it. Tell them about it. We um, got a lot of great feedback on the episode that we did about prayer. And so we want to just go off on kind of a, a, a tangent on one specific aspect of prayer and i want to kind of also use this as an opportunity to get into maybe johnny's um relationship with the lord in this area and and i'll maybe share a little bit of mine with you as well and what does it look like um, when you get into the nuances of prayer so we talked about the definition of prayer as being simply an ongoing conversation with God. And it's just us talking with God. And I believe we we adequately emphasize the importance of just continuing to just dialogue with God about anything and everything in our lives. Yeah. And there's a lot of conversation these days about um, like the courtroom of heaven and making declarations and decrees. And of course, giving prophetic words and, um, you know, do you pray? We, we touched on this also. Do you pray in the name of Jesus or Holy Spirit or the Father? Yeah. And so I I know that people think of you at minimum as prophetic and some call you prophet. Um, but do you get into all those nuances? Do you like, I mean, I know the answer, but I'm not going to answer for you. What, the what, nuances. what is your prayer life? look like and then i wanted to get off into some scriptures about specifically um i'll just add this you you often say um when you teach that it's so important to make sure that we're speaking what we hear the father speaking and that when we do and you say this usually in the context of giving prophetic words when we do um, align what we're saying with what he is saying, there's actually power and authority in it. So what is, what is your prayer life like? And do you get into the whole thing of decrees and declarations versus courtroom of heaven or, um, you know, making prophetic statements in your everyday life? Well, I need help. I need y'all to pray with me that my prayer life would would you know be okay well actually that's just being funny but maybe not so funny <laughs> so <clears throat> it is interesting you know all the various uh, modalities of prayer and i know the movement we grew up in though it had weirdnesses they did emphasize prayer and they kind of went in depth and then you hear now yeah there's decrees there's deck there's 
you know, the difference between a decree and a declaration and a prophetic decree and a prophetic declaration and intercessory prayer. And if we re return to that, but back to the just the simple question for me, I, I really can go in and out of all of them. I don't have the one. The biggest thing for prayer for me is communication with God. And it probably happens um, at, in the night, uh, uh, waking up an hour or two. Different seasons, it'll be like extended. Um, but it's not and me. And do you get up and go to a prayer closet no. or what, what do you no. do? I'm right there, and it's just processing and communication. It's something about the quietness at that time. Just the stillness of the night, yeah. Yeah. I'm still, the night's still. It seems like even the, the spirit realm in a place is because everybody's asleep. There's not all this activity, and I just find that's, that's where I find out what I'm really thinking uh, about something. Anyway, we're going into that more than That's what were good. you going to no. say? Cause you said, I know what you were, you were going to say something about it. What was going to be your observation? <laughs> um, about your prayer life? Yeah. He doesn't get fancy. I mean, okay. he just doesn't get fancy. It's, it really is that simple for him. That doesn't mean, you know, if, if God has you really digging into the differences between decrees and declarations and courtroom of heaven and all that, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, courtroom of heaven. I wanted him to just explain the simplicity of knowing how he would answer. Because some of you, you're like us. You're not interested in all the nuances of that. And so you just have a prayer life. And you just, you connect with God throughout the day, in the night, whatever. And you you have never like really gotten into the, the depths of the differences in those things. If Holy Spirit leads you into that, then there's fruit for you in that. And so we're not undermining that in someone's life or relationship with God. We're just saying there's freedom if he's not leading you into that. Don't feel like, you know, somehow you're you've you've you you don't have a good prayer life. You can have a good prayer life and not get into the fancy nuanced aspects of all no. of that. Yeah. And you know, I have even what would be considered log, you know, I say logging into the Holy Spirit at a deep level and staying there in an intercessory way that has mostly hit me when I'm on a trip of the nations mm -hmm. and there's just like, I must press into something. It'll usually happen at night as well. And that looks like praying in the spirit and your gift of tongues. And it, what else? it's a combination of that making decrees declare. It's just in my, in my, in my, you can see, I even start rocking just remembering because it'll often feel like that, that I, I just, I'm just engaging mm -hmm. with him in a, in a deep, in a deeper way. So it's worth, um, you know, hearing from those who have really committed their lives to prayer and to advancing in prayer and to recognizing both, you know, the kingdom will say ethics and manners to prayer as well as, um, the kingdom heart. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think, just on that, I'm jumping ahead where I was going to go later, but we're kind of sure. hit hit the right now. And, and of course, you pick it up after that. I think, you know, we talk often about the path of the just or highway of holiness or whatever it is. There's the straight path and then there's a ditch on either side of, of the less desirables. And as it relates to prayer, you know, you can go, is it about technique or is it about heart? Hmm. 
And if you go technique or heart, you go, well, it's all about heart for sure. But if you call technique and you call heart something else, for instance, if you call heart just being familiar, we understand the scripture says, you know, familiarity, we have an understanding, familiarity breeds contempt. And then if you, instead of technique, you think of manners. And so you understand, you know, he's a king. There's a way a king is approached. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you don't just think, for, well, it's for sure just the heart yep. way. And so when you look at it through that, through that kind of grid, there is like, there's something to learn from both sides. If you've never done uh, anything but it's wrote good. prayers, you just did it from a book, you don't know how to even go to your heart and it, you want to learn how to access your heart, pray out of heart. I just need to be real with him. Yes, you need to be real with him and all that. But then if that's, if, if, if your prayer life is too familiar um, with him, not familiar, but too familiar. And then where it's only like informal yes. conversations, pouring out your heart to him. It doesn't mean he doesn't hear. He hears all prayers. It doesn't mean you're under condemnation. It just means it's an area you could grow in. There is a way. I think we hit that in, in our in our last time, how you, how you approach a king and things like that. But anyway. And I would put into that category some of the understanding that people have gotten about the courtroom of heaven and about um, making decrees and declaring. I think what we want to just take the rest of our time and really focus on is the power that happens, the power we tap into when what we are asking of the Lord or declaring or interceding about aligns with Mm -hmm. his character his nature, who we know him to be, what his kingdom values are as the king, and what we know to the best of our ability, generally speaking, his will is, and and how when you tap into that, what can happen? And we have so many examples through our, our life stories, whether it's things happening in our family, at home, or things happening in cities and nations and government issues, weather situations, where you look at something and you go, that is something God would not be okay with. Right. You know, maybe he's maybe he's doing something I'm not aware of, but to the best of my ability to recognize that does not match his heart. And so I'm gonna speak into that and declare what I sense his heart is for that situation or that person. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know on Elijah Streams this week, you shared one example of recently, we had some weird weather here and it looked like a tornado was coming. We got, had the sirens go off and all of that. And they had seen rotation in the clouds. And we went outside, he blew the shofar and he prayed. And I went outside and declared and yes. we just spoke into the storm and said anything in the storm that is from the enemy that he would try to bring death and destruction, we say no, because that's the heart of the Father. Right. And this time it worked, you know. I mean, we've we we believe every time something happens when we do that, whether you see the direct results of what you want, you've invited God in and his heart into a situation and um, become his ambassador in the earth which there's nothing more powerful than that. No, and on that, I think every one of you who have committed your life in any kind of way to praying, and they find out even non-believers pray, it's just something like, I need help. And so there's help and, and you do that. There is, 
um, what will help your prayer life and, and you continuing to believe that that's important is to remember prayers that are answered as opposed to prayers that weren't. There's an application I'll bring up even as we pray for the sick or whatever. I call it the baseball uh, baseball attitude. You know, a baseball player, a good baseball player. The guy that led the league this year was like only batting three, 310 or something like that. It was very, very low. So that means that's only one third. Uh, it's less than one third. In other words, two out of every three times he didn't get a hit and he was a top hitter in the league. And as far as home runs, it's worse. Even, you know, Aaron Judge, who hit over 60 home runs, I think it's about uh, one in 10. Um, I think he about they usually have about 600 at-bats. So um, one, in, one in 10 at-bats, if I did the math correctly. And so you turn that around, nine-tenths of the time, you're not hitting a home run. And if you think of the baseball players, they could say, why am I not getting a hit every time? Why am I not at least doing 50% of the time? Why am I not getting hit two-thirds of the time? Why am I not getting a home run? If you do that, you will freeze. You can just knock yourself out of, of like, why Why do I pray? I just need to just try hard to do something and, and you know, kind of turn yourself over to uh, being orphan, orphan-like. And instead of it, just think of the other. We don't have all the answers like Elizabeth said. We pray for weather sometime. We feel like it didn't get affected. We but maybe for, it would have been worse, if even worse than it was if we hadn't prayed and declared. But part of my point is, even if it got worse after we prayed that time, we just have right. we encourage right. ourselves with what we prayed together, blew the shofar, prayed together a couple of days ago, and it worked. And then we have prayers where we've seen fevers disappear immediately, and we've prayed for a lot of fevers that didn't disappear immediately. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Bottom line is... We, a lot of headaches. We of... don't know all the answers, whether it's praying for the sick, praying for a situation, why it's not 100%, but you can just become really lost in your mind trying to figure that out and trying to, be, to become too uh, too much of an expert in that to the point where it just uh, it freezes you from advancing. Or just keep praying, or you know, the baseball, just swing hard, keep swinging hard, keep yeah. going for it in your uh, prayer life. That's not an area I was um, really good going to go, but I just think it's an important reminder for us. A few things come to mind. One is, and I will put the link in the description to a sermon that Bill Johnson recently preached. Mm. Um, the first sermon he preached after his wife, Benny, graduated to heaven. And it is just full of this kind of conversation, um, but from a place of he was, was and is walking that out. Um, and one of the comments, um, I, I won't say it verbatim, but is to the degree that we're willing to live with mystery, to that degree we will see and experience revelation and aspects of God that we couldn't if we weren't willing to live with that mystery. I call it that like gray in between place of, you know, the enemy likes to sideline us and, and make us feel like until this happens, why even ask for something more? And so literally we will, we'll be on pause for years in our relationship with God because this one huge loose end in our yeah. life. He takes care of this, then I'll really give myself to him. Yeah. yeah. And and whether that's help you understand something that went wrong or fix something that's still wrong, it's 
we have to learn to live with mystery on this side of heaven. And part of that is the humility that it works in us, that reminds us. Um, and again, Bill Johnson in this sermon, the sermon is called um, Breaking the Bread of My Soul on YouTube. But um, he reminds us in that sermon that, you know, um, what was I just saying right before that? I lost my train of thought. I don't know, because I am I was okay. trying to hold right, on to remember what mine was. Remember what mine was. This is not good. Um, okay, Bill Johnson said, um, when you... I or I can give mine it. and then okay, see if, see so if it comes come back. back. All right, okay. So this is another way of explaining and saying what Elizabeth was just saying, which is real good. And, and you know, I'll use the word disappointment. And we've seen in our years of pastoring, we could tell just people sort of quit on God over a disappointment. Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, they didn't have a child they were supposed to have. They didn't get married when they thought they're going to supposed to supposed to get married. There's something, usually the timing of something is just off and there's like, it's, you can't retrieve it anymore. Yeah. So there's, there's a disappointment and there's a little bit of, I'm either going to not really serve God or I'm going to serve him half hearted mm -hmm. until either he explains to me that disappointment or he makes it up somehow. This is a big, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying this is a, a big deal when I'm, I'm bringing up for perhaps many, many of you, some of you at least. And so this disappointment, think of what that word is made up of, dis and appoint, disappointment. So you would, you would be losing your appointment because you have allowed something. And I'm not saying it's easy to do this. Believe me, we, there's disappointment. There's things there, whether it's a prophetic word that you've had repeated 10 times and then nothing came from it. And so the enemy will continually harass us and even mock us with something we've contended for to, to leave us in the ashes of disappointment. So it's just, uh, we'll say, a word of wisdom. Don't allow that to happen because your appointments that God has for you, you've dissed them by stepping into disappointment. Now, did that bring you back any memory? No, but I'll just go on to what else <laughs> okay. I was going to say. Bill Johnson's sermon is so good. If that <clears throat> struck a chord in you at all, we encourage you to go watch that. Um, so we heard a sermon this last weekend from a friend of ours, Jeff Dollar, at a local church here in Nashville, Grace Center. And there were a couple of things that he touched on that I think really connect with what we're talking about. One was this idea of um, the authority that is in the name of God. And he was going into a teaching on all lots on of several different names of God. Names of God. And um, John 14, I want to just read starting here, John 14, 12. Because here's the question. I think this is a question that we want to leave with you guys today for you to have ongoing, take inventory with the Lord in your own prayer life. Um, the question is, what happens when your heart and your mouth aligns with God's character and God's nature? Mm. What happens when your heart and your mouth aligns with God's heart and God's nature? Just over anything and everything. We carry his name. We carry the authority that he purchased for us. It's good. Um, 
when he came back from hell in the grave and he said, um, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now I give it to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Well, how do you make disciples of nations? That is a question that we should be like living from. How do I make disciples of nations? It's, just, it's not Johnny and I that are, you know, we're given that and you just serve us. Like every single one of us, we're given this authority to disciple nations. So what does it look like when you disciple nations? I think it has something to do with us aligning our hearts and our mouths with God's character and nature for a given situation, a given problem, um, whatever it is that you come across from your day-to-day -day life to the areas of culture that you actually carry influence in. It's good. Um, okay, Jesus here in verse 12 of John chapter 14, he says, I tell you this timeless truth. This is, I, um, I'm in the Passion Translation. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. All right, I want to stop here for a second. So something else that Jeff Dollar, the pastor this weekend, said was um, he said, if you're in a season of your life where you just don't understand something, again, this whole thing of us getting disappointed, shipwrecked to the side because we've got this area that just hasn't resolved for us, um, then he said, don't don't allow your, basically what we're saying, don't allow it to, to shipwreck you. But he said, remember, faith comes. And that stuck out at me because of the scripture, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I have never thought of it in that context. Let's see if I can break this down. Faith comes. So like even, if faith is not there. Yes, faith. It's like I have no faith. Faith comes and then by. So you, you move forward anyway, and you expect your faith to catch up with what you choose. You know, there's an aspect of making a choice. Jesus said he, he sent word through his disciples or John's disciples. To John, who was in prison, he knew he was about to be killed. Talk about disappointment. He's like having to like embrace the reality that my life is over. And I, he probably didn't feel like he had done everything that he could do in his lifetime. And he's having to get word from Jesus. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Tell him that the lame walk, the blind see. He's saying the kingdom is coming with or without you, mission accomplished, but don't be offended with me that it had to go down this way. There's a choice that we get to make sometimes multiple times a day to not be offended with God. You know, that's really good. And just to hang on the moment, speaking of John the Baptist, because if you go to his Everything about his birth was supernatural. You know, you have Gabriel, the angel, shows up to Zechariah and says, hey, you and Elizabeth are going to have a child. Well, they had been barren. It says they were advanced in years. Mm -hmm. So it's understood it was past when it was reasonable. And then um, 
John the Baptist, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his womb. And then there was, um, in you know, the precursor um, connection between Elizabeth and uh, the forerunner. You know, they meet. The families meet, and then there is in the womb, um, uh, the baby jumps. Anyway, all these things, supernatural, the Holy Spirit, Gabriel, Mary, Elizabeth, Zechariah, John the Baptist, and he knows what his mission is. Mm -hmm. And his mission is to baptize him and tell him that he who's coming after me, sandals, I'm not even worthy to un unlatch. I forget the, what the word is there un besides unlatch, untie. untie. Well, there's another word. Biblical depends on what version of the Bible might have been one of them. And, and so... He's doing all this, but somehow with all the supernatural uh, phenomenon around his life, his walk, his everything, and, and imagine the privilege. That's why Jesus would say among uh, men, there's been no no one that's been birthed that's greater than John the Baptist. So he was the greatest. That's, there's a hand-picked family, hand-picked everything, but he was not told that he's going to die a young man, that he's just going to be... Um, if Jesus was 30 when he starts, uh, John had to be, okay, 31. He had to be just right there. And and so John the Baptist, he is, uh, Jesus has not yet started his ministry. And he's like, he hadn't seen, he hadn't seen the fruit of this thing. And he's just talking about difficult things and disappointment and all that. And it looks like he's going to be beheaded. And he was uh, be, beheaded. And so there is just scratching his head. But it says about Jesus when he started his ministry, as soon as Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he starts his ministry because he knew the script. The script was the forerunner, the precursor, the one who announces you when his life is over, your ministry starts. And it was all in order from a God view, from a God view, even God in the flesh. Jesus knew that, yes, it looked like Herod's daughter is making a bizarre re request. But anyway, all that just to, you know, scripting of disappointments. If, if you look at it from John's side, it seemed impossible that God could be in this thing. It just looks like yeah. a demonic leader is doing this and, and getting a ridiculous request and, and all that kind of stuff. But in it, it was the fulfillment of the plan of God. I don't know. I just Yeah, I mean, that is say. so powerful. What you're saying to me is that God can redeem the worst things that we think are causing our greatest offense and disappointment. And he gets the last word on everything. And he certainly did with John. Like that was the ultimate redemption is out of his death came the, the initial, you yeah. know, launching of Jesus's ministry. And so it was, it was highly, it was a highly important thing that happened in kingdom context. Yeah. And we don't always have kingdom context when we're looking at those areas of disappointment. And that's where the trust comes in. That's where the humility comes in. Okay, I choose not to be offended. But, um, okay, so can I go on with this? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, remember faith comes, even if you don't have it, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. Mm. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. 
ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. I mean, that's so clear. We, we know we've been given the authority. We know there is power. There is no greater power than the power that is in the name and the blood of Jesus. That's speaking of making declarations. For me, what I don't know, over the last couple of years, what I have felt the most Holy Spirit inspired to do when I notice something or someone that needs God's character infused into it is I will find myself declaring in the name and the blood in the power of the name and the blood of Jesus. I speak to this to, you know, and I just say to the best of my ability, what I feel the father's heart is for that situation and where we see the change happen, which he's saying here, ask me in my name and I will do it for you. He's saying what gave him authority to do it is because that this is how the son, Jesus, will show what the father is really like. Well, if Jesus was showing what the father's like by making happen what we ask in his name, then that's what we're doing as well. We're partnering with Jesus in order to show what the father is really like. That's his character, his nature. He's good. He's compassionate. He's kind. He shows mercy. He he says right here, we can, we can step into even greater miracles than he did. Um, so if you're burnt out on this whole idea of, you know, I feel like we as the body of Christ kind of go through these phases, especially the spirit-filled camp, where we get all excited and we see it, you know, one of those movies that inspires us to go lay hands on people that are sick and talk to them in the store and all that. And then we kind of like ebb off of that. Now more than ever, the world needs us to be bold, needs us to notice and care when something needs changing and, and step up and just say, you know, can I pray for you for that? And then use the authority that Jesus got for us and align your mouth with what you know his character and nature is for that person and for that situation. That's really good. Just a couple of the things there, Elizabeth, yeah. is, um, you know, verse 15 of John 14. If you love mm -hmm. me, keep my commandments. I will right pray after the Father, that. Mm -hmm. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. There is, hmm. you know, an understanding that he would make available even another helper that would assist in another way. Another part of the Godhead. Keep my commandments as opposed to keep the commandments. So that's the personal obedience things that he's um, asking of us. These these things all fit into understanding prayer, and and it, for instance, this thing of the name, because uh, you said it will mm -hmm. do the, whatever you ask in my name. There's a way where you can be um, too literal, too legalistic with. I did it in the name because I think this is a common thing we did. I said in the name of Jesus. And it's not about checking off right. a legal requirement. Right. Even, you know, the Hebraic concept of names is, is that a name, that's why there's so much care and concern over a name, that a name imparts even a person's exactly. nature. Yes, and, that's what I was trying to connect. Yeah. And yeah. so you're doing... Uh, it, well, it is. And so it's in the nature, whatever you pray in the nature of Jesus, 
Um, there's probably another yes. word other than nature in the personality and the character of Jesus. So when you think of the name, and that's why all these other names are so valuable when you think of, why does he even have the variety of names? Right. There's Jehovah Jireh, he who Five. provides. There's Jehovah Rapha, he who heals. Uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, your righteousness. There's. It's not just so you check off things and process it that it's where you understand, like there's an understanding of his nature and who he is. And so there's there's just a, a depth of absorbing who he is when you go to him. That's right. That's why Jesus, even when he says, and when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven. And just in that line right there, it's supposed to be something we chew on for a, a lot, a lot longer. In in that word, our, this is like, it's all of us. He's, he's our father. He's everybody's father. It's yeah, not just my father. That's right. And and father, he's the one that sourced us, sourced us. He knows who we are, how we're wired. He knew what we would face. He knew all these things. Our father who are in heaven, he's in a different dimension. He's in the dimension. He had said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. That was the initial message of John the Baptist and of Jesus himself. When he introduced himself, you better change the way you think because my invisible realm is now here and it rules and reigns. So before you even enter into a conversation, it's like, oh, you you know, whatever, you, you hurt yourself, Jesus. And it's good to have Jesus on our, on our lips in that way, but there's something about immersing ourselves in the reality of who he is yeah. and where he is. He's above it all. He has all power. He has all presence. And in his name are all these other things. You can see that there's it's just a, yeah. Name a saturation of, of this whole um, aspect of, of who he is. And so when we pray, then it comes out different. There's a there's an alignment as you're, you're talking about that that really makes it powerful. Whenever we talk about Reformation, we always talk about Habakkuk 2.14, where everything is headed is the glory of, the, the knowledge of the glory of God filling the earth as the waters cover the sea. And... So when we talk about the names of God or the name of God, the character, the nature of who he is and what he's like, the name of Jesus, the authority that comes with that name, we're talking about the knowledge of God. We're talking about the fullness of who he is. And I believe even though it will take us all of eternity to fully know God, like he's, he's inexhaustible, right? But by faith, when we pick up on just even just just an aspect of him that you've come to know just a, a glimpse of who he is we can by faith speak out of his fullness even though we don't personally have a comprehension of his fullness and all that is in his name we have a good idea of it we 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 know there's power in it and that there is no more powerful name than the name of Jesus. There is no more all-encompassing of, of, of everything that is needed for anything, for any given situation. Moses asked to see the glory of God, and we go on in the story to find out God hides him. He shows him his glory, and then it says, and he caused all of his goodness to pass before him, his character, his nature to pass before him, and then it says, he proclaimed the name of the Lord. So God, when asked, show me what you're really like. Show me the essence of who and what you are. He immediately 
proclaims his name, which was this whole long explanation of who he is, the Lord, God, gracious, compassionate, kind, slow to anger, rich in mercy, all of that was, was proclaimed in response to, I want to know you. And, and so that, that, um, that name, there's so much in that name. And so like you said, it's not just a check off. Oh, I used the name of Jesus. No, I used the name of Jesus. Yeah. There's that, 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 that name should literally mean more to us every single day than it did the the day before. Our knowledge of God should be personally expanding every day, just simply because we're doing life with him so that our, our understanding of the authority that we carry, that we speak from. Um, and if we don't, who will? Like we're his voice in the yeah. earth. And that's really good. So there is this reality that, um, you know, there is a supernatural realm. There is an evil supernatural realm as well as the good. So we want to just look for a second on kind of the opposite of this. We're talking about access to our king and he's relational. All that One of the realities about whether you call it witchcraft, whether you call it even magic, um, magic, you know, there's the, it's presented by the magic kingdom and there's a wand and there's the things you do. There's the incantations you say, say this three times, say this seven times. And these are the magic words. There's abracadabra. It's formula. And so whether, you know, rituals, formula, rituals, formula, that is what it's all about on the dark side or even what's considered, you know, the neutral side. But you have to understand there's really no, there's no neutral side. Once you're actually connecting the power, there's either good power or bad power. And so in that, that is the part we want to continue to uh, have as a takeaway. Elizabeth was going into, into it. Um, that there is this need for us to understand the power of becoming a friend of God and what that releases. I think I mentioned when we talked about prayer that uh, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so you had one man, Elijah, he didn't have a team. He didn't have a whole group. He didn't have a whole church. He didn't have multiple churches. He didn't have 40 prophets with him. He was by himself, but he was able to move God uh, move matters enough where there is rain for a whole nation, uh, first of all, taken back and then released again. And so this privilege of being a friend of God, where you advance, not based on having, you know, you go to the book of Christian formulas of how, again, we can do this with today. You know, you can do it. You can formulize even, um, you know, going to the courtroom of heaven, the courtroom of heaven, there's a part of the whole teaching that's come out that's valuable for us because it allows us to see the power of um, eradicating the legal arguments the enemy has against us and us establishing his legal arguments on our behalf to say it um, to say it one way. But, there, you know, the scripture is clear. It, if, if it's backed scripturally from this standpoint, let us come boldly before his throne of grace, that we may find help in time of need. So there's going through his throne. It's called a throne of grace, that we may help have help in time of need. So there's a general invitation to go there where it doesn't have to be this, uh, well, you need to check off this, 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 and you need an expert to guide you. Uh, there's a, We just don't want to 
over. Yeah, we don't want to overcomplicate it. Make formulas and, from what's supposed to be about becoming a friend of God and advancing and speaking and, and responding out of that's, that. That's wisdom. That's really good. And, you know, also some of the the times that we think we have this legal right to declare and decree something, we also have to have enough humility to know, okay, if we are before the Father, who is the only true and righteous judge, then we don't know everything. And even if we think we have all the spiritual legal rights for whatever that puts the enemy in his place, you know, there's still the heart of our Father. He gets to choose. He gets to decide. He knows things we don't know that we think we know. And um, this, were you going to go in a certain direction? Um well, just even as it relates to interacting with, and then it's going to be short, like angels and commanding angels. Oh, good, yeah. There's a whole thing. We could do a whole program sometime on angels. There's, okay, it's debated. Do we command angels? Are they not? Are they sent for us? Do we? Do we ask the Father to do so and all that kind of stuff? Whatever that is, and I'll save that discussion for for another time. We just want to, uh, um, want to be aware in that that... Actually, I better not go down this path. It's going to open up. You go to yours. I just put up a break on, on mine right now. <laughs> it's going to open up a whole thing. We need to save. We'll have a conversation on it. Okay, you got a little teaser right there. That's what happens um, when I process things out like you as well. I was like, eh, you know, if I open that one up, okay, we're going to have to take 20 minutes to explain that one. Okay. So you were somewhere. Well, I just want to refer quickly to the scripture, um, Matthew 17, where Jesus says, um, he, he says... I'm just going to take a part of this out of here. He says, if you have um, faith the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and go over there and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do. So what are we having faith in? What is that little grain of mustard size faith? I believe it's it's what we're talking about. It's this I have an idea that God's not okay with this. Okay, so what is the this? In this situation, he's referring to moving a mountain. Now, when we went to Israel one time and we met this amazing man there, R.E.A. Bar-David, um, Messianic, he explained that because of the landscape and what Jesus was teaching on right before then, he was able to help us narrow down, literally while we're standing looking over Jerusalem, narrow down approximately where Jesus would have been in the same landscape we were looking at um, when he looked and pointed and said, you can say to this mountain, be moved from here and it'll move to there or be cast into the sea. And it, the most interesting thing about it is is what he probably would have been pointing at is the only man-made mountain in that whole region and the whole nation that I'm aware of. And do you want to tell him the punchline? No. Okay. You'd like to tell the punchline. I don't know where your punchline is. Oh, you don't? You no. remember this? I do, but I don't know where you're going with it. Okay. Well, the man-made mountain that Jesus most likely was pointing oh, yeah. to, oh, no, 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 no. for example, do you want to say it? Well, the, didn't well, see this in real time. Just go, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah, I'll let you give the punchline. I always get to do the punchline. Go ahead and do the punchline. I know, and I never feel like I do the punchline as good as you do. So. Okay. Well, you do. 
yeah, he had a stand and said, he said, you know, we're walking with Arya and he's telling us, so this is the location where he said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard, you shall say to this mountain as opposed to a mountain. He goes, what's the mountain we see? And all we, the only mountain we could see is in front of us. And it's, um, it was the, the artificial mountain built, was it called Herodian? By Herod. And, it's and so. Flat on top. Yeah. And so he's he's literally saying, if you face faith as a, as a grain of mustard seed, yet yeah, applies to a single mountain, but you're literally looking at antichrist antichrist structure that's there. Because the the man made mountain Herodian mountain is where Herod King Herod his whole life had this mount built so that by the time that he died they would bury him there. So the same King Herod that had all of the baby boys killed off when he was trying to kill Jesus off when he was born is buried on the top of that mountain. And so the specific mountain he's referring to, as Johnny said, is, is, is the most specific picture of the Antichrist. You could, it's, he's the original Antichrist. He was the one that was trying to kill Jesus Christ when the he original. was a baby. And so... Again, I'm just connecting this knowledge of God, this faith in his character and his nature. If you have faith, it's just, just even a glimpse of what he's really like. You don't have to have the fullness of understanding of all that God is, but just even a glimpse of the power that that is who he is, the love, the, the mercy, all of it. Then you can speak to anything that is anti-Christ, anything that is that is opposite of the spirit of Jesus, of the, the spirit, the knowledge, the nature, the character of our father. Move from here to there and it will move. So he was using this word picture for them of what our authority and what just even a little bit of faith is, is meant for. It is meant to cast down anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, what it's really like. Remember, the knowledge of God is the same thing when we're talking about his name, all that is who he is. Now, so I'm just going to go add this little, because I left hanging a little bit there on the angels thing. Whatever, rather than going to the deeper part of it, here's the simple part I will say. You have to understand angels, even if you can command them or speak to them to do things, they cannot do things that are outside the will of the Father. They cannot do things that are out of alignment with the king or his kingdom. Think of it that way. Uh, you know, repent. The kingdom is here. So the king came. The king and his kingdom. It's himself and his way of doing things. Angels cannot involve themselves because you order, request, ask. They cannot involve themselves in things that are outside of, it's back to this point of alignment. And this becomes just part of... Um, um, uh, separating the act of stopping the separation we make of the act of prayer from the way we live. Um, you know, we're talking about decreeing his decrees, declaring his declarations, saying what he says, and it's about a life. So just two things. Remember these, we're telling you a lot of words. It's about a life that's kingdom focused. So kingdom focus means you live, you wake up, and again, there's no condemnation, there's not, but this is still a goal. Just because something is a goal doesn't mean, it, it, you know, there's no hope for you if you're not there already. But 
there is little for me i live eat breathe the kingdom it doesn't mean i don't enjoy watching a soccer game or having coffee and doing a conversation or taking your wife on a date taking my wife on a date those are <laughs> but you you realize your whole life what you do what you're about it exists for the kingdom and so it's about a life that's kingdom focused but it's about a moment that's also kingdom focused when it's time to pray then you make that alignment with the kingdom, why it's right, why it makes kingdom sense yeah. to bring this to the king at this time. And you get that alignment going, then you really do. There's a place where you get the angels, you get the Holy Spirit, you get the kingdom alignment. That empowers your prayers, your decrees, your declarations to another level. So good. All right. Um, did you get to cover everything you had put in your notes? Enough. Enough. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for my part, just to finish up, Mark chapter 9, verse 38, John spoke up and said, Teacher, Jesus, we noticed someone was using your name to cast out demons, so we tried to stop him because he wasn't one of our group. <laughs> Don't stop him, Jesus replied, for the ones for the one who does miracles is not my enemy, and whoever is not against us is for us. Man, there's so much in that. But what I want to focus on is that is a, such a powerful example of the power that is in the name of God, that is, that is in his character and his nature. So remember, when we're talking about his glory, we're talking about his name. When we're talking about his name, we're talking about the essence of who and what he is, his character, his nature, who we know him to be that sometimes doesn't line up with who we've experienced him to be, but we choose to believe the truth about who he is. No matter what, we let go of offense that we've had because of disappointment in our lives so that we can continue to move forward in the power of the name of our God. And, um, you know, this, this thinking of decreeing, declaring, Another way of saying it is prophetic, being prophetic. Again, this is where we started. It, we don't have to be fancy. We don't have to know like exactly how to label what we're doing. Just do it. Don't care about how you label it. Just do it. Whether it's prophetic or decrees or whatever. I know the heart of our father. He pays attention to everything that we think and we For process. Sure. For sure. And so you can have wishful thinking right? Where, and I, I have it sometimes myself, where I just find myself without even talking to God about it. I'll just be like, oh man, I'd love to have that. Or I'd love to be able to do this. Or I'd love to see that person get to experience this freedom or whatever. And I, I just, I so think it and feel it quickly that I don't even take it to the Lord. And then full circle, I realized he was paying attention and he brought it to pass because he pays attention to even our wishful thinking. But so many of us settle for just kind of wishful thinking, or maybe we'll go a step further and we'll pray something and say, what well, if it's God's will, like, where's the power in that? Where's the faith in that? I'd rather be wrong and be like the woman who's begging Jesus. And she says, even the dogs get, get crumbs from the table. Like, give me a little something here. I'd rather be known in, to the heart of my father as constantly over asking 
than just kind of dismissing his care and his love for me. And um, so we want to just leave you with that, that, yeah. that, that his heart intentions are the closer we grow in our knowledge of him, the more we grow in our knowledge of him, the more we pick up on his heart intentions. And you can think that it's just you wanting it or thinking it, or even if you're used to your, your grid being more of a negative grid, like you notice what's wrong everywhere and all the time. You're focused on what's wrong. Well, just a slight flip of just, okay, that's wrong. So what would it look like for it to be right? What would it look like for it to be right? And align your heart and your mouth with it and then speak it. And it's as simple as just, I declare in the name, the power, the blood of Jesus that this situation receive, you know, peace or whatever it is that you see that's wrong that needs to be made right. Well, I think this is so good, Elizabeth. And why don't you uh, close us with prayer? And um, and that will be good. Alrighty then, Father, I just pray for um, my brothers and my sisters that are watching this, listening to this right now, and um, I ask that you would um, draw them forward into a new place of walking in the authority with their hearts, their thinking, and with their mouths that you created for them to walk in. You said that we would be um, known by the, by the way we love and known by our fruit. So God, I ask that you would deposit in us, each one of us today, a greater, um, a greater expression of your love and a greater boldness. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to remind us what to do when we notice that something could be better. That love would just well up within, within us that would motivate that gift of faith that would cause our mouths to align with your heart and your character. And we declare over everyone watching here today, in the name of Jesus, in the power of his, his name and his blood, all that you did, Jesus, for us. In that name, we declare over every person here that they will walk, they will remember to walk with more intention into every situation, into every person's life, to everything that they look at in any given day, that they would use their mouths and the authority that you've given them to bring heaven to earth, to bring your heart to that person in that situation. We thank you for teaching us, Holy Spirit. You're the best teacher. You're the best helper. Yes. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just one last thing. I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray for those of you, we were mentioning it before, those whose prayer life has been shipwrecked um, by disappointment, mm -hmm. unanswered prayer, delay, but shorten it all, disappointment. 
And, you know, just, just remember this moment, this day, this is a day you can, and this is an invitation from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit to you, to begin to rebuild, um, that foundation again of the prayer life, the prayer, uh, the prayer foundation for your own life. And, and now with better understanding, and this is, you know, when you do, when you, when you make a recommitment to, to prayer and not being affected by disappointment and delays and everything else, and you understand that's just, it's part of the picture, it's part of the plan but you're going to be you're going to be like the baseball player you're going to swing hard every yeah. time yeah. you make that commitment it'll literally be life changing for you from this moment yeah. forward yeah. and the enemy at that point can no longer knock you out he can no longer knock you out with boy if we could just stop this prayer then maybe we can stop them from praying at all so let there be supernatural restoration of shipwreck yes prayer lives yes. at this time lord release to all who yes. need it at this in jesus in jesus name we pray amen Amen. All right. Before we say goodbye, a couple of quick things. Um, first of all, if you are um, looking for a place to sow financially, we want to invite you to consider Restore 7. We have um, a way that you can donate through our website if you go to restore7.org and you can choose to give a one-time donation or you can um become a partner and give whatever amount monthly that you want to give. Um, I always, we forget to invite people to do this, but we're meeting with our board next week <laughs> and they ask us, are you, you know, reminding people that they can, can give. So yes, we are reminding people. I just reminded you. And, and on thanking the, those many of you who yeah. without reminders have been doing so. So I, I just take this opportunity to thank so, so many of yeah. you who have been, uh, just so responsive to the Lord in that way. And so that does better than board pressure. It's true. Thank you. Um, the other thing is that you can also go to restore7.org and join our email list. Subscribe to our email list and it will let you know whenever we have a new episode up. Um, a lot of you, you know, we only right now, we only put our episodes up on Rumble because we've been knocked off of YouTube and Facebook this doesn't even work anymore because of the algorithms. So a lot of you have not made the shift and subscribe to Rumble, or maybe you don't even have Rumble. So you might want to make sure to not miss an episode by subscribing to our email list. Um, and you can do that there. Also on Monday mornings at 8 a.m., I post an episode of Choose Love that I do. And so I want to invite you to, if you haven't checked that out, um, that's on our Rumble also. Now, if you're looking for us on Rumble, you have to search the name of our ministry, Restore 7. And it's the number seven. It's all one word, Restore 7. So uh, find us there. And like, share. Uh, you can share our um, email by forwarding it to people. You can also, um, how do they do that? On Rumble, I think you can take... If you click on the little, there's a square with an arrow. I know what I it don't looks know. like. I don't know. It's the share thing. And you can, and it'll give you the option to copy. It copies the link and then you can put the link in a text to someone, or you can put the link on your other social media and encourage people to check us out on Rumble. So that's that. Thank you very much. See you next we'll, week. Yeah. Up for discussion. <laughs>